welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. My name is Zach Falcon of Arfield. I am 1PG, the founder of the Perfect Gentleman, and alongside me, as always, is the gregarious and gorgeous James Marwood. <laughs> Hello, Zach. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, sir. I'm very good. <laughs> I was thinking about that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, I like the alliteration there. That's good. Yeah, well, I'm going to shake it up a bit. So how have you been this week, sir? Very good. I've been doing quite a lot of cooking this week. I've got my parents visiting, which has been fantastic. Had a lot of fun. We don't start us about our cooking one. Fish pie. Fish pie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the agenda for today? We have the lovely Leah Morrigan and her wonderful Perfect Lady column is back. And she's been dealing with handsome young models for Toronto Men's Fashion Week. But now she's back with us and she's going to talk about life as an image consultant. And then we're reviewing a couple of things. I hear you've got a nice thing to review this week. I do, indeed. Something a little different. And then to wrap up the day, we're talking as a romantic gentleman. We're talking about, as it's our back-to-office, back-to-school month in September, we're talking a little bit about the office romance. Sounds good. Let's, without further ado, welcome back Leah and enjoy listening to her. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. I am a men's image consultant, and my clients, when they come to me, are not broken up into pieces. But when I start working with them, I deliberately pull them apart, analyze those parts, and put those parts back together again in a more natural and genuine configuration. I like to put these pieces together and help shape the man that he really is, not the man that society says he is or the man that society expects him to be. I spend a good amount of time working with my clients to understand their personality, their lifestyle, their psyche, and especially their perspective of themselves and of the world to help them build practical wardrobes that work for them and do them justice. But because I'm a woman and I work with men, it's best for me to learn ways to communicate with them so that they will understand my messages. So for example, I discuss science and physics in particular when I'm talking to men about color. Color is about light or solar radiation, and I consider the light that shines from the client's face, from his eyes, from his hair, and how that mingles with the light that shines from the colors that he's wearing. I try to establish the best palette that does his face the most justice and that he feels the most comfortable in. I build his wardrobe based on that collection of colors. Apart from that, I analyze his body shape, I look at his proportion, I decide on his texture. I think about the most suitable cuts of clothing for his build and create a wardrobe that looks the best and he feels most comfortable and natural in. I spoke to a client a couple of days ago who was really bent on making sure that nobody knew he was working with me. There was some kind of a shame, I guess, associated with asking for help, ultimately. And he said, I just don't know how to do it, and neither does my wife. And I said, well, men haven't had the social opportunity to learn these things. I mean, when was the last time somebody took you aside and said, hey, let me teach you about color, and let me show you how to put an outfit together, and, and all of that. I said, when, when did that happen? And he said, well, it hasn't. And I said, yeah, exactly. So there's no shame in asking for help, and there shouldn't be any shame. But that's why people like me are around, and I am here to help. The whole experience ultimately is really eye-opening for the client, because he has the opportunity to see himself from a perspective that he's never experienced before. So, And this is a perspective, I mean, it's my perspective, looking at a man through eyes of uh, support and positivity and beauty to bring out 
the best in him and make him feel the most comfortable and the most confident. Ultimately, I mean, all people are interesting. I've been watching them for years. They're fascinating. And men are especially fascinating to me. I hope that in my own little way, I'm able to help show men how awesome they are and help him celebrate that. Our wonderful partners, the English Cream Tea Company, deliver a fresh take on tradition. The English Cream Tea Company offers quintessentially British gifts. Choose from the freshly prepared afternoon tea hampers to be hand-delivered right to your door throughout mainland UK, or select from a range of gift vouchers. There are also postable gifts of award-winning chocolate brownies, tea, delicious shortbread, and even cheese-please tuck tins with delicious cheese scones and chutney. After all, the perfect gentleman needs to be able to send the perfect gift, whether it's to say thank you, congratulations, or season's greetings. And the English Cream Tea Company supplies that, complete with your own personalised gift message. Who do you know who would not love the gift of afternoon tea? So go to theenglishcreamtea.com for a charming touch of British indulgence. Thank you, Leah. That was wonderful. It's lovely to have you back on the podcast. We always like listening to you. So, James, what what have you got uh, up your sleeve or in your pocket, should I say, to review today? This episode, I'm going to be talking about the Lamy Safari fountain pen. Oh, one of my favourites. I'll start this by saying I have terrible handwriting. I had great trouble learning to write even remotely neatly. And if I'm not careful, my handwriting degenerates into this illegible scroll. So I've used fountain pens for a lot of years, ever since being a boy, really. My mum used to give me extra handwriting classes on a Saturday. She's a teacher. So she used to make me practice my handwriting and my penmanship just so that people would actually be able to read what I've scrawled. And I've not got a lot better since then. But using a fountain pen really helps me slow down, relax and write in something that other people can find or even I can find useful to read. James, I'm with you on this one. Based on my handwriting, my career advisors always said I should be a doctor or a lawyer. (laughs) Yes, I, I was much the same. So I've had multiple fountain pens over the years and I've got a couple of really nice ones. I've got a little brass pot that sits here on my desk and I've got nine fountain pens in there that I tend to switch between. I don't keep all of them inked up at all times. One of my absolute favourites is this Lamy Safari. So Lamy are a a German company. They make fountain pens and I think pretty much just fountain pens. And they make everything from really expensive £200 plus pens right down to the Safari, which you can get for anything from £12 to £20, depending on where you shop. And they're fantastic. They're the most reliable, easy to use, simple fountain pen that I've ever come across. I'm with you. I love them. I have three. I've got two Lamy Safaris and one Lamy Scala, which is a slightly more expensive one. When I'm travelling, it's the Safaris that tend to go in my pocket. I've never had one leak on me. I've never had one dry out. The cap on it is great. It's a lovely, almost Bauhaus design. Very elegant and simple. And it's just really, really reliable. They come in all sorts of great, fun colours. I have a bright metallic orange one and a bright red one. And I've bought others for friends of mine and these are just my normal go-to fountain pens i use them at my desk i use them when i'm traveling i normally have them tucked in my pocket or clipped to my notebook and they work really really well you can use them with with ink cartridges you can get a, a converter which is how i tend to use them and then buy whatever ink you want you know you can buy really expensive really nice ink and they'll work with that or with really cheap sort of generic uh, stationery store ink 
But the thing I like about them is because they work so well, yet they're inexpensive, I'm not afraid to use them and to take them out. I have a, a really expensive Yardalead silver fountain pen that I use sometimes, but I'm always nervous and worried about that walking or, or leaving it somewhere. With these Lamy Safari pens, they're just a little tube of plastic that almost as nice to write with as my really expensive pens. But if I lose it or I leave it somewhere, it's not the end of the world. As you said, I had had a very expensive fountain pen that got stolen. So ever since then, I looked for cheaper fountain pens. And the reason I chose LeMay was colour ink. Uh, as you well know, I write in purple ink. And there aren't that many fountain brands that have purple ink. And LeMay does. Indeed. So I discovered Lame's ink first and then brought the safari pens and as you say I've used them ever since and they are fabulous as you say I've never had one leak they're just a great pen absolutely and for the price you can't knock them I tend to get a little bit carried away with inks so if I look in my stationery drawer here I have 10 bottles of ink there everything from blue with silver sparkles in to basic sepia which is what I tend to use they work great with all of those I've used them with an ancient old bottle of Parker Quink that I had left over since school and I've used it with really expensive Japanese high-end inks. They just work, they run, never break down. I almost never have to clean them. I've never had one get clogged up. As I said, never leaked. They're just great. And for the price, you cannot go wrong. And they're available all over the place. Get them in bookshops, online. I use an online retailer bureau direct. I buy a lot of my stationery through them. When I've been travelling and forgotten a pen, I'll just pick one up in the stationery store, in the, the train station or the airport. Wonderful. A great product and we like it very much. Jolly good. Born in the back shop of a Colombian leather craftsman, matured on the Pan-American highway, perfected on a pub's damp table in Savile Row, Monsieur London is the result of travel. It led its two creators from Anchorage to Oshire on the 19,000-mile-long journey. They ended up in London to settle the project born from a choice to lead a lifestyle with higher standards and expectations, a brand for the 21st-century cosmopolitan man. As a result of this approach, the online retail shop MonsieurLondon.com was launched in October 2012. Since then, they have met many pop-up shops in Paris and London and opened with business partners La Gassionnière, a 250 square metres men lifestyle concept store in Paris. Their brand offers elegant accessories made with traditional know-how for a fair price. They make their customers pay for the quality, not for the branding and marketing. Their French, Italian and English workshops fabricate outstanding products, created with their sense of traditional know-how and their passion for style. These accessories reflect the technical excellence of their makers. They offer bespoke options on many of their products, including gloves, bags and belts. Check them out at MissYourLondon.com. Last, but by no means least, on this month's podcasts, it's our back-to-work month, and the end of it, we're talking a little bit about office romances. Mm. Well, I've worked in offices, but I've never, as you well know, and your listeners will know by now, I've never been a, an office employee, as it were. But I have had, shall I say, the occasional office dalliance in the past. How about you, sir? A few times when I was younger, I started a lot of my early career was in contact centres, and I've had it happen a couple of times. It's interesting, isn't it? I think as we spend a huge amount of time at work and in offices, the majority of people, most people work in an office, most people uh, spend a good you know, eight to nine hours of the day in the office working, and then a considerable amount of time socialising with your office compatriots. It is unsurprising that people have office romances. You're probably spending more time with people in your office than you are 
anyone else in your life. Especially in non-conventional working environments, if you're on a project or the amount of times that actors or people on tour in, in musicals or various other intense environments, romances tend to blossom because you're spending a, a lot of time in a confined space or confined environment with people. You tend to have relationships blossom. Bizarrely, the statistics say that only four in ten people have office romances, which I think is a little less than I thought. That's less than I would have expected. I know quite a few of my friends who've met their partners or their wives through work. Maybe it's the modern era, because I assume previously it was a lot higher. But that's, the, that's the current statistics. OK. It's interesting. We're going to talk a little about do's and don'ts, a little bit about how the perfect gentleman would conduct an office romance over the course of the next few minutes. First things first, though, you might be incredibly attracted to the person in your office. But first things first is... I know it sounds really boring and trite, but know your company's legal position. Absolutely. Because that could affect everything. Your work, your life, everything. A lot of companies these days either ban it or certainly put controls on office romances. Yes. I've seen this. People fall foul of this on a couple of occasions and it's incredibly difficult for all involved even when the romance is perfectly happy and fine or when something goes wrong and people fall out it affects not just you but everyone around you but if you're the person involved it can end a career absolutely and and sometimes the law in the company the legal position of the company you know there's a lot of confidentiality issues some security issues but also hierarchical issues and occasionally some harassment issues. I had to manage a couple of occasions where I was brought into companies to deal with particular issues where it was an unrequited romance that had soured working relationships and that had dealt a real blow to the ability of an overall team to work because one person had a thing for another and weren't able to, to manage it professionally. And as you said, if it goes wrong or something goes wrong, it could end your career. You might be fired for it might be against company policy be careful so i know it sounds trite and unromantic and we're all about romance of the perfect gentleman but do check your company's legal position on this because it could affect your financial and your work and career life absolutely so assuming that you can go forward and that you've got this blossoming office romance what's the best way to proceed to use a new euphemism that you and I will be mostly familiar with from our security and standing on doors days, take it outside. Yes. So basically engage in your romance, not on the office, if you can at all. Absolutely. Take all your interaction outside. Even if you actually interact in the office environment on a day-to-day -day basis, try and take all your romantic actions outside the office environment. I know it's difficult and it can be hard to do, but it's probably the wisest thing to do. First of all, you won't upset any of your colleagues. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you compartmentalise your relationship a little bit. Your relationship is outside the office environment and not within the office environment. It generally will reduce the other issues that come up in office romances. And I think as well, if you are wanting to get to know somebody better and you want to understand is this somebody I actually really like and see myself spending more time with? You can't tell that in the office. You've got to get outside and understand what someone's like away from that environment. Otherwise, you don't ever really know the real them. Exactly. I think that's very true. You've got to go outside. So take it outside. And then the second thing I would say is 
be wary of perception and gossip. Mm. People will assume a lot of things if you're in relationship with someone in your office. And depending on your relative positions in the office to each other, they will perceive various different things. Sadly, and it is very true and unfortunate, that ladies will bear the brunt of this. Yes, this is true. It's sad and it's not fair, but unfortunately that's the way it is. I wish it was different. Both ladies and gentlemen in their gossip will perceive the lady to have the bulk of the problems or the issues in the office environment. It's unfair and it's generally untrue. It takes two to tango, as we well know, but ladies will generally bear the worst of that perception and gossip. So be wary of that and therefore refer to our earlier point of taking outside. If you've taken most of your relationship outside, the gossip and the perception will be lessened. I think on that point where you have people gossiping and especially if you're not one of the parties in a relationship, for a start, don't gossip. It's it's really not becoming. And if somebody is being sexist or unfair in their gossip, do challenge it. Do say that's a double standard. That's not fair be nice. But I think as well, one of the things that can be a real challenge when it comes to that kind of relationship and the gossip around it is where there is that power imbalance in a relationship. And this is something that often HR policies will cover, but there's a big difference between two people at the same level having a relationship or two people in unrelated parts of the company. But when there's a manager subordinate or where there's a power imbalance, which is, for a lot of companies, unfortunately stale, mostly male leaders, people will want to gossip much more about that because you're talking about the boss and you're talking about it fuels those little petty jealousies and those silly things that gossip's like. So you need to be very mindful of that power imbalance. If you are dating somebody up or down the org chart, just be careful. You're not leaving either party open to accusations of being unfair or, or favouritism or things like that. And that brings me on to my next point is you have to be even more equal. Yes. You, you can't show favouritism to your paramour in your workplace. Though Even though you might want to, even though that's generally natural, the workplace environment will heighten those inequalities and exaggerations. So you have to be even more conscious and more aware of being equal and fair across your dealings with everyone involved in the relationship as you say especially if you're in a managerial role or there's a sort of a senpai kohai relationship to use the japanese term office romances are difficult because of all the other things that go along with them it's not the romance yourself you know romance can't be stopped but you have to be a little bit careful and conscious about what happens yes indeed but Don't let it stop you. If you want to be romantic, be romantic. Just make sure that you don't abuse your romance within the office environment. Be romantic everywhere else. Don't let that stop you doing our usual romantic things, sending flowers or being a bit more bold with a card or something like that. That shouldn't stop because you're in the office environment, but uh, it should also be a little bit more conscious about what you do. Yes, indeed. Any other thoughts on that front, James? I think you need to think about what will happen if the relationship does end and then you have to stay working with someone absolutely you've got to be conscious of that if it's acrimonious it could be quite difficult for you in the work environment if it's very amicable it might be easier but still it will be a challenge and you have to make some thought effort to that i'm not saying that you should take thought and effort when you step into your romance but you should certainly have a thought about it when you 
leave and how you behave. And I've known many instances where office romances have happened and then failed, and then one or other of the parties actually left the company because they can't deal with it. And that's quite sad, especially if you're happy and involved in your role and you've been there a long time. It becomes difficult for you to do that, but it has happened many a time. Indeed, I had to deal with a case where I was manager of a big operations centre and actually had a couple come to blows in the office because their breakup was so acrimonious and it ended up with both of them being dismissed. It's unfortunate for me as a manager, they were both good workers, they were both good people, but also for them that they've had this breakup because neither party could really handle it responsibly and be mature about it. They ended up losing not just a partner, but also a job that they'd worked hard to get. All breakups are hard. Being Having a breakup in the office is particularly hard. And so you need to be really mindful, especially of the, of the other party and what you can do to make them feel a little bit easier and a little bit uh, more relaxed about it and to behave like a gentleman. If you have an office romance, bless you. And uh, we hope you have a great one. And if you find your partner in the office, don't stop being romantic. Just think about where you behave in that environment yes indeed next week we move on it's the next month it's halloween month yes i love halloween i do too though it's a a, been a global holiday from americas i love halloween so we're going to talk all things halloween Halloween halloween-esque next month which will be fun but that's the end of our back to school back to work month james it's been a pleasure speaking to you as always and you my friend hopefully you've had a great september i'll speak to you in october i'll speak to you in october have a great one take care buddy this podcast is brought to you by the Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at the Pistachio Palace.